started. So, hey, everybody, welcome to the very unofficial Log Plants podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Gonzalez, otherwise known as Gonzo, and I'm joined over here by the one, the only. It's your boy, DJ Uncle Dope, a.k.a. Uh, Ken Bracely, also known as Brace. There we go. There we go. And hey, it's a very exciting time today. This is episode number three, and we got our first guest, people, and we're glad to have them. The one and the only, you know what? I'll let him introduce himself. Why don't you go ahead, my man? Man, it's just Chris Clark, Doc. Nothing, uh, nothing uh, too extravagant, just Chris. There you go, Clark. Good, man. Glad to have you on here. That's a lie. Extravagant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, like- I appreciate the invite, fellas. I appreciate the invite. No, no worries, man. We're glad to have you on here. And I know the crew is going to be uh, very excited to hear what you bring to the table. Uh, and don't worry, I, there, there's an option for us to label this episode explicit. <laughs> so, um, hey, man, so I know it's been a long time. Uh, you still hitting sticks? Still playing 18? <laughs> indeed, man, indeed. Finally starting to get that handicap to go down a little bit, hitting the ball a little bit more. <laughs> Nice. I mean, he in, a, he in a perfect place. That's why, you know, he, he he's living the stereotypical life of uh, Pac-Half headquarters. So, I mean, it is what it is. Hey, man, you know, I've always said this to you personally, but Hayton looks so well on you. I like the way you wear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's that's got to be nice. Uh, I, hell, I think the last time you and I were in person was – or one of the last times – when we were playing with Veronica Henderson's husband over there in uh, in Ramstein, uh, yeah, man, yeah, was, those were terrible days. Yeah, God, her husband's oh, the guy hits the ball too far. He's a damn good golfer, <laughs> damn good golfer. Um, indeed, yeah, indeed. yeah. Well, good stuff, man. So, hey, again, glad to have you on. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about? Oh man, you know, not too much, man. I've been a loggy man since what oh three. Uh, been I've been around here and there. I've uh, been deployed quite a few times. Uh, wife and kids. I got five kids total. Four girls, one boy. Ages from 22 down to four. Damn. I know. <laughs> Huge age gap. Sometimes Bless I cry at night. Bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it, man. I'm excited to be here, man. Excited that y'all guys got something like this off the ground and going with the career field, man. Good stuff. Yeah, thanks, man. No, it's uh, it's excited for uh, uh, to do this. I, I know uh, Bracely and I had talked about it a while back, and uh, like I mentioned, in episode one, we were trying to get it done officially through the Air Force from the uh, PA folks there at the Pentagon. But unfortunately, you know, not too many people in that building nowadays. Right? <laughs> They've been practicing now. The Pentagon been practicing social distancing before social distancing was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Stop yeah. fired. Stop <laughs> fired. <laughs> Told you. Hayden looks so good, bro. <laughs> so, where, uh, so where are you at now, Clark? Uh, man, I'm over here at uh, Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam, a part of uh, pac A3 staff, doing the exercise logistics. Nice, nice. How long have you been there? Uh, just hit my year mark, believe it or not. Oh, wow. uh, one March was a year for me. Oh, wow. Nice. Nice. And did you go, where were you at before that? Were you at Little Rock or Germany? 
man, I was at Little Rock. And then before Little Rock, I was at Germany. Nice. Little Rock was a hidden gem for me, man. I love that place. Bracey, you've been stationed there, right? No, I'm from Little Rock. I would, never, Rock. I would never get stationed at Little Rock. Michael, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and hand me my retirement separation papers if you send, if you send me back home. Chief Ma. That's just because it's home for you, man. Exactly. That's why I don't want to go. Yeah, man. Little Rock was nice, man. I got a chance to actually do some dang old training. Something that we don't get a chance to do too much of. You know what I mean? True. Yeah, man. I enjoyed Little Rock. I would go back at the drop of a dime. I know. That's why I said I can go. <laughs> <laughs> so how's life on the uh, on the A3 staff over there? With uh, Pac F. It's painful, man. It's painful. <laughs> you know, man, it's when I say painful, I say that jokingly, but you know, it's starting to be a little rewarding. A year in the fight, it's just cleaning up things, man. You know, um, one of the problems in Pac F itself, you got a lot of old people that's been here for a while, man, used to doing things one way. You know what I mean? They don't believe in innovation and change, and change is hard. So, you know, trying to work through the wickets of that. Other than that, man, it's really not bad. Met a lot of uh, good people on the staff, though. I will say that. Good senior CEOs uh, and a few officers that are actually shit hot. Nice. Nice. Good stuff. Good stuff. You uh, you and the family are getting around the islands? Well, I mean, obviously before this whole uh, COVID, you guys got a chance to travel? Yeah, man, yeah. We had a couple trips that was lined up coming up the next month, too. So, but, uh, you know. Our favorite place is over uh, Maui or either the Big Island. And especially since Southwest is over here, man, you can get one-way tickets for 50 bucks. This is even before COVID. Damn, really? Yeah, man. Do you scuba dive? So I do not. I do not. Uh, Gonzo, you know where I'm from, man? <laughs> <laughs> Bracelet, you scuba dive? Do I scuba dive? Yeah. Have you ever been? I guess I was sorry. I'm I'm gonna defer. I'm a I'm a I'm a piggyback off of Chris Clark's question. Do you know where I'm from? <laughs> if you would have right, right. said fishing or hunting, uh, you know we had a conversation all day. Oh yeah, yeah, man. I, I've I'm not. I've uh, uh, what's that? Snorkel. Okay, I can snorkel with you now. When we go past the point where I need an oxygen tank, uh, no thank you, brother. I wish for y'all to come on up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I've been once. We were, uh, it was while I was in Germany. We went over to, oh, geez, uh, Croatia. And there was a yeah. little, there was a little mom and pop shop. Or uh, it's not even a mom and pop, a little son and pop shop. And I saw it online, set up something for me and the family, right? We show up there and it was supposed to be online. It said three hour course with two hours of instruction. And 45 minutes in the water. I was like, yeah, cheap fun, right? We get yeah. there, and it's uh, some old Croatian guy who barely speaks any English, and his three sons, all of them are in bikinis. You don't care. You was about yeah, to and, Yeah, and I was like, so I was like, hey, this could be a good time. And so we get in there. They set us – we don't even go in the classroom. They get us suited up with everything first. And then the guy says, this me, and I'm giving a, a thumbs up is good. Thumbs down is is bad, and then if you wave your hand like a slice in your neck, he means that we need to get out of the water. And then he's like, "Let's go! Time to get out there." And I'm like, "What in the hell, man?" So, no, no, so we get out. I breathe underwater. Yeah. No, 
know how to, you know, stay stay cool. None of that, nope. none of that technical stuff. Just go, let's go. Nope, nope. This guy, no. We did. I don't even think I signed paperwork, man. Hey, hey, hey uh, what does that sound like? <laughs> sound like being a law practice. Like, <laughs> hey, it does. Like he just PCSN. We write in the middle of exercise. Go. Yeah, yeah, man, it was just like, so, so yeah, actually it was just like being a log planner. So I like that analogy, Bracey. So we get in the water, right? And, and my family's in there and we do about 20 minutes in the water, just learning how to breathe and everything like that. And they're ready to go. So if his three half naked sons are, are taking my family off and I'm with the head guy and he's like, all right, man, he's like, we're going to go down, hang out in the bottom. We're about 10 foot of water. He's like, just breathe for a couple of minutes. And then if you give me a thumbs up, we're good to go. So I go down there and then about 20 seconds. I'm like, ah, I got to go back up. And he's like, what's going on? He's like, I don't, uh, something's wrong with my aerator, it, I, the oxygen, something's wrong with it. And he's like, okay. He opens up some more air. We go back down again. Less than half a minute. I'm back up. He's like, what's wrong now? I was like, I think my mask is kind of too tight. So he takes off his mask, gives it to me, and he takes mine. We go back down. Man, five seconds, I come back up. And he's like, what is your deal? And I was like, I, I something's wrong with the air. And he's like, look, man. And this is when his English got really well. He's like, we're going to do one of two things. One, you're going to go under the water and stop being a little girl. Or two, we're taking the rest of your family and you're going to stay here. And I'm like, and I looked at him. I'm like, okay, okay. I'll be all right. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so he was, uh, yeah, he whipped me into shape. And then, you know, I was like, I can't disappoint this guy. He's tan with a bikini, man. So we went down there, had a great time, man. But uh, that's, yeah. Anyways, all right. Enough about my, um, uh, <laughs> my intimate encounters. Uh, so, again, uh, thanks for showing up, Clark. Thanks for dialing in, man. I'm just excited to have you as the first guest. You're the honorary guest. We might have to do a patch for this. Once, hey, uh, man, yeah. I need you. I need you to calm down just a little bit. That's too much pressure. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I ain't made for pressure. No, you, you need to, man. You need to. <laughs> you know what they say? Pressure bus pipes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, leaking over here. <laughs> So, uh, so I'll go ahead and ask Clark. So, what does it mean to you to be a planner? For me, man, to be a, a log planner, in a nutshell, if you look at it, I'm a project manager, management officer. That's all I do. I'm the best middleman you're going to know. <laughs> that can actually show you what's happened in the past and what's going to happen in the future if you don't change. <laughs> That's good. What is that? It's, it's a small analogy I use, man, just because we, we have our hands tied into so many things and trying to actually get the ultimate program to work together. What's that? The whole deployment machine, whether it, whether it be that or even acquisitions, man. Being a 2G is being comfortable in the gray areas. What do you think, Bracelet? Hey, man, I'm just trying to figure out how come I couldn't say that in a, in, 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 though, in a short amount of words. I gave a dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I got. I feel like I just got out of time there for a second. <laughs> I just made total total sense. You the best. You the best middleman that the Air Force can buy. Yeah. yeah. Think think about it. <laughs> Facilitation at its finest. That's it. And we not over. You are the. At the end, we're not overpaid. We're underpaid. Exactly. <laughs> underpaid and overstressed. 
I wonder what our uh, what our brothers and sisters in Pararescue would say if they heard us uh, <laughs> say that. Hey, I'm cool yeah. with that because for them to get to the mission, yeah, before them to even do anything, they're gonna need. I'll be like, hey, look, let me tell you something. I, I'll be like, hey, look, let me tell you some. Uh, let me tell you some. Uh, Godfrey, Godfrey, whatever your name is. Uh, they need to go over here and pick up your homeboy. They got shot down, so I need you to do X, Y, and Z. If you've been to Thailand or the Philippines, that's how the conversation goes. So here's the funny thing about this. You know, I did time in STS, man. Uh, I was in a special type of squadron myself. And my first two months there, I got in, I landed. I was only there for, what, seven days. They sent me on my first TDY to go plan a conference. And it was an exercise at the time. And who am I with there? The lead PJ, the lead combat control officer, and my DO. This is my first trip. I only met these dudes for about an hour before me going out to Alaska to plan out an exercise. First thing, they come up to me and say, hey, we want to do this, 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 this. And we're going to bring all this stuff. I said, that all sounds fine. But my favorite phrase, if anybody knew me when I was at SCS, instead of saying somebody no, I just go, mm-mm, not going to happen, boss. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my PJ looked at me at the time. I'm a staff sergeant. He's a master. sergeant. He said, what do you mean? And this is why I got my option issues. What do you mean, CK? Say, hey, sir, for you to bring all that, you're going to need three C-17s. And what the exercise budget looks like, they're only going to give you a KC-10. So... Either you change operations or what you're trying to do. Either way, let me know. I got up and walked out of that conference and went to the logistics room. Do what them dudes was heated at me for about two weeks. They didn't even <laughs> me the rest of the trip. <laughs> wow. We get, we get back to the shop, uh, back to base, and they go in and we back break from my commander. And they was like, when Sergeant Clark is saying, yeah, we can't do this, 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 this. Commander looks over to me which was my saving grace. He was a prior enlisted dude. He used to be supply, though. Not a dig on supply, but still. He's like, why not? And I told him, he said, well, it makes perfect sense. We need to scale it back or see if we can get more money. I looked at him. I said, oh, man, I love you. It's going to be a great tour. <laughs> <laughs> hey, was he it, was it LRS commander? No. Okay. He was never an LRS commander. He was a supply guy, but uh, he made up the tech. At the time, man, he's uh, at the time when he was my commander, he had just been on Lieutenant Colonel. Oh, nice. So, yeah, all his leaderships actually came in over on the old side. Okay. Nice. That's dope. I mean, and but he understood the footprint in which logistics brings. Well, and if the log is telling you, hey, you probably want to reconsider, he took that to heart. You know what I mean? And, and, and I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I think. Man, we probably this is probably why we said we probably going to, we're going to hit all these topics, but um, man, it's 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 so it's great when you got an officer or a chief that, from an operational standpoint, understands can look at you and understand what you're saying, and can can help you get to yes versus everybody assuming you're saying no, but they understand what you're saying based off of a couple of words. Instead of you having to tap dance or jump the hoops just to prove your point, and then we always run into a situation where um, where we sit here and we tell the ops group or maintenance group, they're not really the maintenance group because they kind of understand. But the ops group, hey, 
you can't bring the whole kitchen sink. And then they go and do whatever they want to do. And then, it, you know, on the back end, it's like, oh, well, hey, can y'all can y'all make this happen? <laughs> so it's pretty, pretty cool that you got to, at that point, you had an officer that, that could actually look at you in your eyes and you could spit, you could spit what you spit to them. They understood it. So we don't get that out. So I, I'll tell you this, man. Um, I, when I was at SCS, I learned a big, big, valuable key. Uh, I had to learn how to remove the word no out of my lexicon. Yes. Because my first six months when I was there, man, I kept saying, mm, 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 mm. it was a running joke. Even Cass said, we've gone, all of us getting ready to retire now still. As soon as they see me, mm, mm. <laughs> What my next deal actually showed me, man, <clears throat> is... I don't ever want he flat out told me I don't want to ever hear you say no. I need to hear yes, but I was like, what do you mean? He said the answer is always yes. It's yes with these different caveats. I said, okay, tracking. I did that the, my first brief after I left STS, man. I left there and went to uh Warner Robbins. When I got to Warner Robbins, it was like, hey, we, we gotta change this whole program. I said, okay, cool, that's fine. But hey, I need this, 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 and I can get you the yes. Commander looked at me. Well, we're only gonna give you this and this. All right, Roger that, sir. We're gonna work, we're gonna operate at thirty percent until then. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's little stuff like that, man, that get you further than just saying no. I learned I had to learn to do that and also speak their language. When I say their language, maintenance and ops do the only thing they know is go go go. They don't understand how what it takes to get the stuff there to make them go. So. So, Clark, I like that you uh, or you mentioned earlier when you uh, got in that situation, when you got to the STS, what happened prior to your assignment at the STS that, that prepared you to be able to operate in that environment? Uh, nothing. Really? Uh, when I got the STS, so I, I was trained as a logger. Scoop I, <laughs> I, I crossed over from maintenance man at Tyndall. Uh, if y'all know uh, CMSR now, uh, Samuel, Kiyasha. Kiyasha was one of my first trainers as uh, she was in the first pipeline class, right? Yep. Kiyasha showed me a lot of stuff, man. When I left uh, Tyndall, she was the one who actually got me up to my five-level certification, if you will. Her, uh, at the time, Staff Sergeant Wren and uh, Tech Sergeant Brody. And we had Mass Sergeant Walters. That was my first shot. When I got to Okinawa, man, I actually had, uh, I don't know if y'all remember Frank Watson. Yeah, yeah. Watson is the one who pulled me under. As soon as I got to uh, Kadena, I was like, hey, bro. They're going to tell you to do this, but come here. He pulled me on his wing, man, and he put me up on a lot of game. And then Ashley showed me how to get into the weeds and actually how to work with the special ops dudes. Because so, he had left Herbert Field being at that at 720. So, 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 so I got a question. What was the time frame? What years was this when you said, like, when you went from Tyndall to Oakland? What time frame was that? That was 05. 05 to what? I was in there from 05 to 08. And that, and that's that was from that was that was Kadena. That was at Kadena, correct? Yep. And then yep. you got to you got the Tyndall in, in what in 2003? Uh no, I got the Tyndall in 2000. I was aircraft maintenance first. Okay. So the reason why I'm saying the reason why I said this because in the first in the first episode, I um I made a statement about during that period that you're referencing, we had people that actually cared about taking new loggies and 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 putting putting effort and time into developing them versus what we have now no doubt i agree so i i, I just wanted to pinpoint that and highlight 
what you're saying because that's what happened when I when I got the barks there. Darius Cunningham was I, that's my OG law. That's that's who that's who brought me in the game. Then we had Sean Robinson, we had John Ozane, uh, uh retired Chief Master and Gladney, and Heather Smith. Those are the ones who like put me in the game, got me, tested me, and 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 pushed me uh to the limits when I first came in as an enlisted member. And now yeah. I'm thinking, you know, whenever I talk to airmen, not this was not shooting, not taking a dig and none of our, our our leaders, our, our tech sergeant staff and mass sergeants, because I know they're oversaturated with with work that shouldn't be ours. Um, but a lot of airmen feel like they've been left they've been left left to dry when they get to the duty location. So okay, Bracely, and this for for both of you guys. So why did that happen, in your opinion? What's what's different? 05 Kadena to twenty twenty as world exists today. Chris, you go first. I I would say for me, manpower. So my first shop, when I showed up, man, at that time, we were stacked. When I say we were stacked, we had two masters, two techs, I think three staffs. And then it was me and Kiyasha as an airman. And matter of fact, we had four staffs, three staffs. That was it. So at that time, they had time to train me. Like when I first became a logger, man, uh, my supervisor didn't let me log on my dang on computer. They'll stick me in the dang on conference room with AFIs and my CDCs until I pass those. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when I got done with those, then they let me in the office come in on a more frequent basis to check email. I ain't know what none of that stuff was coming off maintenance. Nowadays, man, I lived it in Little Rock. I showed up. NCOs are outbound, and I got a shop full of airmen. The seven airmen. What am I supposed to do with that? Take my time as much as I can to pass things on and teach. But, dude, it's hard. I ain't saying it's impossible, but I'm just telling you, it's hard to be able to maintain the mission and still turn around and train at the same time. Now, I'm going to jump in based on what he said, and I'm going I'm to say the problem that I see, the person problem that I see, at a certain period of time, there was this switch where uh, our, I think I think when we went to D-Flight, I think that's when the dynamic shift changed to where the respect for law plans started going out the window um, uh, as far as within the LRS because now we're, we're, we're buried up under a flight when we used to be our own flight. And now we're having to answer to uh, people who are trans- transporters that really didn't didn't give a crap about who we – not really give a crap, but that we were all in our own, our own lanes. So when you when you put us in a, in a traditional – Transportation squadron, but it's a flight called D flight. TMO and, and, and ground trans, they've been they have been working together for years in the transportation squadron before LRS form, right? Then you put a lot of plans in there, and now, now we're trying to still be us, but we have to battle that conversation from D flight all the way up to LRS. Additionally, with that, we started taking on a lot of duties, additional duties that didn't belong to us, like doing travel. Why are we doing, you know, we when we, when they stood up the IDRC, why didn't they put two T2s in, in the office? You know, we get that, hey, it's not enough work for a two, for a two T2 to, to, to do travel. So y'all need to manage the request, uh, the request at side of the house and then send it over to our, you know, passenger travel section. Now you're making a lot of planners do travel. So you're taking a, you're taking an opportunity Away from time and opportunity away from senior CEOs 
and, and NCOs to start developing airmen because now I got to give the airmen travel stuff and I don't even have an opportunity to actually physically give them day-to-day opportunities to go in the systems and do stuff. Now I got to go build, I got to go build sessions just because now because the UDM's messed up and we got to, we have, I'm not, I'm not saying all audio's bad, so audio's don't, don't shoot me, but now we got audio's saying, oh, the UDM's messed up, so we're going to take that from them and we're going to make the loggies do it. Oh, and then, and Ooh, hey, hold on, hold on, so, hold on. And then, you know, I, this is this is where me and my beef personnel go. Then you got IPRs literally literally playing that mommy-daddy role with FSS and, 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 and IDO and stuff that IPR feel like they shouldn't do, but they should be doing. Oh, IPR, now the loggies got to do it. And last well, after Gonzo goes, I got to rebut for that because this is like one of my favorite topics, to be honest with you. So, okay, yeah, go ahead. are you good, Bracely? So, man, we're not going to hit any of the topics that we want to talk to tonight. <laughs> Take that right now. But this is, but this is even better, in my opinion. So, let me ask you guys: this is this is not a shot to to your guys's manhood or my manhood. This is I'm really talking to every single person in the career field right now, from E1 all the way to our CFM. If what you guys are saying it's true is true, and I and I agree that it is, why the hell are we allowing it to happen? Ooh. Why why are why are why are master senior NCOs such as us three allowing anybody outside of the of the plans of the two G career field to dictate what it is that Don't we agree. need to do for our people? Okay, Don't, hold on. At the at the, at the Okay, so check it out. I'm gonna rebut both at the same time. First, let's go back to uh, Brayson's comments about being in D-flight. I'm going to speak to – my answer is going to come from my experience, all right? I, I understand that every base is different. Every law yep. has a different experience. But I'll speak to what worked for me. When I got to Little Rock, put it this way, when I would go to meetings and talk to people who I am in IDRC, people would look at me yep. like I was crazy. When I say people, I'm talking about not only in LRS, outside of LRS, over the IG, over the ops, and everybody had no idea that this function was yeah. actually there. I said that to say most times that the loggies get stepped on is because whoever's in leadership, and it's not a shot, it's anything, nothing personal, whoever is a CNCO or hell, if you don't have a CNCO, the tech sergeant or the staff sergeant is running the shop has not stepped outside of that office to actually do what we do is facilitate. You got to build relationships around the base to make sure that you can get the mission done. What does that mean being in D flight for me? I felt like I had Little Rock in the palm of my hand because every time I went to a D-flight meeting, hey, this is the exercise we got going on. This is the process I'm changing. This is what me and the IDO were looking at. What say you? And I get actual input in from the CNCOs from the different flights, whether it be TMO and, and ground transportation now, I'm sorry, getting them to buy in on what I'm actually getting into. Once I had them on board, the O's that set those flights, even the GS-12 and 13s, I never heard a peep out of because me and the CNCOs built that relationship and got it done. You know what I mean? Going back to allowing it to happen, that's another thing. When it comes to relationships, again, the what I teach all my airmen has ever been on me, your relationships around this basis will make you either effective or ineffective. Yeah. Amen. So yeah. with that, even at Little Rock, let me tell you who did travel. It wasn't, it wasn't the two Gs. It was between TMO yeah. and IPR. And we sat down with everybody. This is what's going on. The things that I had to do with relationships uh, at Little Rock is that 
me and the IDO kind of play like a good cop bad. I'm the dude that's very pointed and direct, and I don't have time for the BS. This is what I need. Well, what says that? Here's black and white. Now, how would you like to proceed? <laughs> the deal, yep. the IDO will come in, smooth it over with the little relationships because I don't have time for that. I'm trying to get shit done and get out the way. Follow what I'm saying? So, at, even at Little Rock, man, my guys didn't do travel. If they came in so, for eight, the net, uh, IPR did everything in conjunction with TMO. So, a lot of people get tripped over our words when it comes to AFIs. That's why I say you got to be comfortable yep. in the gray. When it comes to booking travel, TMOs are always yep. going to book and travel. Now, so Clark, oh, go ahead. Now, I'm just saying, what I did was, what we did was at Little Rock is, hey, it's simple. All the information that you're asking for on this travel worksheet that TMO needs, guess who has it? The UDM and IPR. Man. You fill it out. Yeah. You two fill it out, so, and IPR will send it <laughs> over to TMO. TMO will book it. IPR's got all the flight stuff they need to uh, embark the people, everything. So we were good. So, so Clark, so let me ask you this, and then Bracey, uh, uh, this, is, this is a rhetorical question, Clark. So what it sounds like is that you knew, because of the people that helped you and by the, mm-hmm. the hard work you've put in, what it means to be a planner. So you knew what the product was, right? Yes. And you also knew that building the relationships – and I 100% agree, is one of the most important things on base. So you knew what your product was, and you knew how to sell it to people, and you knew how to tell them that if they don't want to buy it, this is what they're willing to risk, right? Yep. And that's, and that, that's amazing, and that's amazing. And this, is, and this is for later conversation, but I'll ask you guys this, and we can cover it later. What happens when Chris Clark doesn't and, exist? And, and, Anyways, and, and everything, everything Chris is saying, totally not arguing, arguing, because that's the same approach I took when I was in Japan. When I, when I uh, took over the diploma section before I left, and it, and, and it was it was all it's all it was all about presentation, you know. And I'm and, and it's not a and Chris is saying it's not a rebuttal. Chris, what you're saying is not a rebuttal. What you're saying is is we have to as law planners, we have to understand who we are and what dog we have in the fight, so we can turn around and sell that package. If you don't know who you are, you can't sell a product, and that's and and True. that's overall. To be honest with you. I think overall, when you walk into a chaotic place and you're playing and you're playing catch up, you know some some people, not all, but some people don't have the opportunity to sit back and turn around and reformulate. Because I did the same thing when I was in Japan, but when I got to California, it was a totally different ball game. Because now my response to what Gonzo was saying was this: the reason why some people, the reason why some people um, don't respond like uh, me or Chris will respond. Is because out of fear of retaliation, a lot of people don't understand how to how to how to use the helping agencies in their benefit, or how to use the inspection system in their benefit. But most people respond out of out of, out of fear of retaliation. Oh, I'm I'm gonna get it marked down on my EPR, or this is gonna happen, so I'm just gonna follow in line, follow suit, and then we get all we get all the conversations that we have on the side from. Our brother and sisters in, in uniform saying how how well how bad they've been mistreated within the process, but again it goes back to the first the first episode. Me, I'm I'm afraid to go back to base level not because I'm I, I'm afraid that I can't do I can't I can't meet the meet the demand. I'm afraid because I still I, I need to figure out I need to figure out my emotional intelligence on how to be able to 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 get to yes without without my people get messed over. And, yeah. and that's my that's my biggest fear is I'm so passionate about what we do that I'm gonna get I'm, I'm gonna get back to base X 
And I'm gonna sit back and I'm gonna be watching. I'm gonna be watching the system go. And I'm like, yo, uh, I'm gonna ask a simple question on, do you know what TCMD is? And somebody gonna look at me and be like, they gonna give me the, the CDC, the CDC answer, but they're not gonna know how to be able to manage, how to be able to to to, uh, to navigate through the conversation on teaching the UDM how to properly identify TCMD to their engine monitor. You see what I'm saying? So. Yeah. And, and so that's that. That's my that's that's my that's my quarrel or my 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 personal quarrel of going back to base level because I I feel like I feel like we don't have enough leaders. And I think I think I, I think I'm trying to reword this to where I'm not sound like I'm, I'm I'm dogging our people out. Um, but I can edit. Don't worry. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we we're we're in, a, we're in a position where what Gonzo said. What happens when Chris Clark doesn't exist? Well, Chris Clark does exist, but right now Chris Clark is probably that A one C airman, uh, senior airman, a staff sergeant that Chris was mentoring at wing level, and that individual hasn't been able to get put in a position to where they can be effective. Oh, that's and that's perfect, Bracely. And so, uh, so this is my question for you guys, and this is a one hundred percent my belief, and not that of anybody on the air staff. In your opinion, and this is rhetorical, have we as a family put ourselves in a position to be success successful when it comes no. to tactical level training? And here's what I mean by that. And here's what I mean by that. Right. And I'll give you this analogy as well. Uh, if we were to take, let's just take the mm-hmm. Captain America planner. And let's lay it out over 20 what years, uh, over a 20-year career. At what – so let's just say we'll, we'll take uh, – yeah, this random log planner. A log planner, and we'll put them on the table 20 years. At what year would you guys say that planner is lethal? And what I mean by lethal, they know everything that our career field leaders have said we need to know in our CFETP to include any training – to include deployments, exercise experience, right? Assume that that's, it's a nirvana. They've had everything. And what year would nirvana. you say they're, they're lethal, in your opinion? I, I know. Uh, that's kind no. of a, I'll be honest with you, that's, that's kind of a yep. dangerous question. And here's why I say that. Because let's say everybody, every log plan's experience is going to be different, regardless if you have the training or not. Everything that you do in life, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. And especially in our career field, you have to be knowledgeable about so much, not not perfect or just that dude in one area, but being able to tie the whole picture together. So gotcha. So what so just what what would you say? Or throw out a throw out a rank. A rank here, I'll give mine. I would say I'll I'll, I'll use a year. I would say the perfect log planner, assuming they've had all the opportunities, they've had access to the training as the world exists today. I would say year 10. Right around that time that they're getting ready to probably test for tech or maybe a fast burner who's already put on tech, I would say that log planner is able to operate. And I'm not talking about from the aspect of can they supervise, do they know how to write APRs? Forget that shit. What our career field says that we need to be able to do and what our UTC says that we need to be able to do, I think it's 10 years. What about you guys? And I'm going somewhere with this, so just say the year. All right. <laughs> so for me, I'll cut that in half and say five. So I was I was thinking I was thinking five six uh, only because only because of my background and my personal experience, but 
I'm trying to. Now think about what he just said. Now he said he got access to all the train, had all the opportunities in the world to display. Wait, so you talking? You talking? Being able to go to Quip it, being able to go to DK. Oh, I'm I'm just saying if you if you wanted to put that you want to put that Captain America. I got to throw the factors in there so I can tell you why I'm giving the the year that I'm putting on there. So Quip it, um, being able to go to Quip it, being able to go to. To law fact, been to go to D capes and jokes, and then on top of that, I think you need three minimum three diplomas under your belt. So I'm a, I'm gonna go I'm gonna definitely go with eight with a long with, with with a with a with a solid with a solid alternate of twelve. Okay, gotcha. So here's where I was going with this. Man, you guys messed up my analogy. So thank you guys. Um, I'll take Wi-Fi. So here. <laughs> now, so here's why I bring it up, right? So let's just split the difference and let's just let's just say 12 years for Bracely or 10 years, 10, 12 years, right? For a log planner. What the hell do you think General Golfing would do if the F-35 functional came up to him and said, hey, I know you you've lobbied for Congress to get this X billion dollar program off the, off the shelf. I'm going to start training pilots to fly it. And in one decade, you're going to have a pilot that can do but what it is that you. we need them to do. What, what you just said is true. So check it out. Actually, no. So the F-35 been around longer than 10 years. No, no, no. I'm talking about the, the training of the individual that's got to fly it. And Chris, your aircraft main. So I think, you know, Clark, what is a fighter pilot doing at their 10 to 12 they're year mark in the doing, Air Force? They're doing leadership things by that That's, time. They're already in, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're doing staff the work, yeah. right? Yeah, DO as far as commander. Yep. So to, so, so to try to wrap it around, why the hell is it okay for a log? Why haven't we as a family figured out how to make a log planner lethal Within yeah. his or her first let's so say six-year log planner. Uh, and for me, to actually get to that point, you've got to open up the dang on deployment system. When I say that is these minimum staff sergeant requirements, when it's just asking for a five level, that needs to go away. Here's why: because if you actually did one simple thing, the training and the opportunity will come to those people that are actually getting ready to go down the road. And if they're not going down the road now, they're preparing to go down the road the next year. That'll give them that those three deployment minimums that KB said, that Bracey said he wanted his logger to have. Uh, it will give you that experience as far as being at home and on the road and then having a different variety of deployments. Because here's the thing, me, the total number of deployments, I don't think that's really a good factor to measure if you're a good logger or not or being lethal. It's the experiences that you gain in those deployments. What I mean by that is, like, I can say – bracelet over to the calf for a year. Guess what? He's going to come back sharp as hell about movement. But if I send bracelet, I'm just using your name, not not a dig at you at all. Oh, but if I send bracelet over, <laughs> if I send bracelet over to BFE, and the only thing he's doing is unit moves. When I say unit moves, just 20 to 30 people a month, what experience is he getting that he, he didn't get back home? You know what experience You know what experience that I'm getting that I would be getting if I was doing 20 to 30 moves a month? No, no, I ain't say move. I people. Say people. Okay. So, so and, and, and I'm glad you asked that question because I was already going there with you. So yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a respond with that question. I'm gonna answer your question with a question because that's where you see where I'm going with it. Why is it that? Why is it that 
when we when we deploy, we read we pick up and read a book, and we speak a universal language with different services, and and, and we could be in, at a deploy location in our own logs. We're, we're we're communicating back at home with our own logs. Like, hey, I need you to look at this this way and send people over here this way. And our own home stations are still mucking it up because they don't they they're not communicating or they're not acknowledging what 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 the on ground operations what the on ground on ground operations is. So why is it that when we're deployed, we operate totally different than we do at home at home station? Because I learn more I learn more as far as I guess I learn more at the deploy deploy locations that I have. At, at home, at home station because of who I who I was under, but I validated, I validated work at a deployed location. Nowadays, it's when we deploy, we we actually we we in that LO, we in that, that CENTCOM LOI, we the AFI whatever goes out the doggone window. But then we go back on station. First thing we do is what ten three say. Who cares what ten three says? What is that? First, um, God and say, did you pick that up? No, because we don't talk about that. So check it out. I'm gonna use it, sum it up in one word because looks like we're running up on time. Training. What I mean by training? Tra- we got all yeah. night. We when got I say all night. training, <laughs> um, it's training. My last, my last deployment, I was running all the stuff for in and out of Africa, right? Literally having to pick up the phone and call IDOs and call superintendents. Even masked on staffs, like, hey, this dude should have been on a plane two months ago. Where is he? Well, the unit, uh, the, the unit has been validated. Where did you get that from? Well, 43 says this. I said, okay, cool. 43 also refers you over to the tit fed LOI. No. Did you look at that? Uh, uh, exactly. So it goes back to training, man. One thing that we had we suck at as log planners as a whole career field is really breaking down what the AFR actually derived from. I don't know why. We as law planners or as the Air Force, period, when it comes to MOOC, especially deployments, the only thing we look at is 403 when you don't look at any of the reference guidance that's in 403. And 403 points you that way, and especially if you go into a joint environment. So I don't... So, so hey, so I'll jump in real quick and uh, just to give a shout-out. So for all of the... Uh, if anybody has any questions on where you can get the latest uh, tip-fed LOI guidance for the, uh, for the main AORs, uh, reach out to to me on on Facebook, and I will. Or, or, I'm sorry, don't, don't reach out. To me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, um, so yeah, so send me an send me an email. Uh, look me up on the global Anthony uh, P Gonzalez uh, Massart. You'll see me on there, uh, and I'll send you guys the link. It's not the official, but our uh, brothers and sisters in Air Force A three O D do have a link on Sipper that has the tip LOIs uploaded. And so we can definitely get that out to you guys. Uh, anyways, and rant, <laughs> go back. Go ahead, guys. Nah, man, I, I think it's, it's more or less a training thing. And, and I'll tell you this, man, again, not taking any shots or anything. But, you know, even in that time period that you were talking about, Bracey, 2000, 2005 was completely different in our career fields because it's all about how we trained at that time. You get today's airmen, we got a different – culture of people that are coming in when i say different culture different mentality we have the millennials that are coming through the whatever generations after that they learn Ooh. differently and motivated differently and i don't think that everybody i don't say everybody i don't think that 
leadership has really adapted to the new airmen that we have in. True. You've got to figure out a way to get them as hungry as we were to learn the dang on job, as opposed to just, hey, you do this meaningless task, and I'm not telling you why. Hey, Clark, and I'll jump in right quick. Okay, you're 100% correct. The folks, and when you say the the new airmen, right, we're talking the people that need to be able to train them are those young NCOs, right? And so I'll go back to what I asked earlier. Can we honestly say, as a family, we have put our young NCOs in the best position to be able to train them? No, we haven't. I mean, honestly... So how do we first, solve that? First thing first we solve that? is what, what we did with the UTCs. We actually put SCIs on the UTCs, which and, and those SCIs are, are you know, uh, we reflect on the UMDs, which turns around and, and, and gets those training dollars through LRS because, again, it goes back to most moving into a deep flight. And I can't, like I said, I can't, Chris got Chris, Chris's experience, but um, – being in a deep flight, being in a, being in the LRS for 17 years, well, not 17, uh, 15 years, um, you like you competing with like a, a, you competing with basically high priority hazmat or whatever whatever TMOs need and whatever the, the ground transportation guys need in order to do the everyday mission for movements. And then when it comes to us, if we've always heard if it ain't if it ain't uh, schoolhouse funded. Then you know we'll put y'all on an unfunded, and then when unfunded come, we still kind of like below that, but below that that threshold to get the training. So the first start is updating those UTCs, and we're putting those those uh, those SCIs there. They need to be DKs and jokes jokes certified to even meet the intent of what what the what the squadron's objectives are. And I can't go into classify. That's what I said squadron's objectives. What the squadron's objectives are, they have to be certified. And these and uh, with these particular bare minimum trainings, and that's hey man. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I think that's more than a start. To be honest with you, I think that's more than a start. I think that is the way to where we get to the point where we have that trained element, where we get to that that range of being lethal enough to actually move out and execute the mission. If that in fact is true, and you're actually going about it as far as updating. Um, the UTCs then turn around changing the UMDs because our UMDs have been jacked up for a while now. The mere fact that the Chiefs group, our Chiefs have gotten together and tried to actually re-level, reshape the dang on Thriftfield was amazing. To add that on and you updating manpower requirements and putting SEIs on it, I think that's the way. For the bigger picture, because if I send two out of a shop of ten out to DKs and jokes, they can turn around and come back and train the rest of those guys and we can get the ball moving in a better way. Yep. As opposed to right now, I showed Blue Rock. Anybody been at DK's training? No. One hand went up. Wow. <laughs> and, and then the killer part is, you know what I'm saying? It, so, it, it's, it's a redundant thing across, especially stateside bases. Oh, my God in heaven. Oh, my God in heaven. <laughs> and, and, and then you run into a situation uh, where all these mass comes start to copy AMC's mentality where if you haven't been to DK's training, you won't even get an account period. Wow. So, now, so, so now you got yeah. people sitting, so, and, and now this is where, dang, oh, we got, we got like 15 more minutes. But golly, uh, so this, nope, this is where, where me night. as a law planner, you know, conceptually, I don't like putting brand new law planners in deployments in the first place. I like putting them over in the plan side. And the reason why I'm going to tell you this is, 
There's a law planner, a retired law planner by the name of Jesse James. The dude is an old plans management genius. This dude, I didn't, I didn't learn law plans until I was a senior. Like I understood, I, I could go in and do the work. I was confident in the job. When I say law plans, he sat me down. I was at Bar- we was at Barstale. We was ACC before it we went over to Global Strike, and I'm glad I left. I'm glad I left uh, before it we went to Global Strike because from what I'm hearing. But um, and we had we had about I say you know figurative uh, fictional number. Uh, we had about 12, 12 old plans. Fictional. I'm just giving an example. And um, he made me go in log line and basically do the pseudo build the pseudo peers for every old. Plan. Then he made me build the old plans brief. But additionally, what I had to do with the old plans brief, I had to go get the, do the first four charts. For every open, I had to do movement priority meetings, and then on top of that, I had to do the weapons. I had to do the weapons and uh, the weapons and mobile calculation for each open to show how many of this open was executed, how many M9s and how many uh, M16s at the time would would be would be required for. Hey man, I, I just want to I, I'm gonna say this real loud and clear. Shots fired. Shots fired. You're shooting a lot of people in the face right now because that's exactly how we used to all get trained. However, those training requirements have changed now. But continue, please continue. He said, when you, when you, as an airman, because again, I'm an airman at this time, but then when you start PCS in different locations and you start having these conversations, everybody's like, the promise is not, the promise is our moneymaker. No, it is not. The promise is what happens after you sit over in the plan shop and all the decisions are made. Sitting in plans helps you understand how you got to that tasking in DPT or how did that tasking got on got on the tip in the first place. Hey man, I agree with you hundred percent. But we don't do that anymore because so as soon as we get as soon as the airmen get in and so, as soon as a new person get in, boom, they 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 get they get thrown in the Or or you get a, a God forbid you get a staff or tech sergeant that just cross train. First thing they're gonna do is here, here's deployments and you in charge as a three level. Yeah. I like that. I want that to happen more. Um, hey, so here's what I'll offer you guys, right? So two things. Number one, uh, I don't mean to brag, but that whole SAI thing with the UTCs, that might have been uh, separate from that, right? Who got a so girl, though? Who got that. a Who got a Yeah. Okay. So I will say that I did not put them in two tapes. <laughs> Nor did I get them in <laughs> whose who, who, who's name, who's name was in uh, D-Capes when they became finalized? Hey man, I like that, man. That's why y'all both got picked up for seeing my sorry. You know what that, I'm saying? <laughs> oh, thank gracias, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> hey, man. So so all jokes aside, right? So and this is again my personal opinion, right? So it sounds like bracelet, if I was hearing you correctly, you were privileged enough, as was I to have been at a base when whether you were a pipeline or a cross trainee to have somebody who knew, uh, who knew what the job was, who could teach what the job was, but most importantly was willing to do it and could teach to however your learning style is, whether it's yeah, right. audible, tactile, visual, and so forth. Right. So you guys talked about earlier, or we talked a little bit about the training, right? Am I lucky enough to go to DK's training? Am I lucky, excuse me, enough to go to Job's training, blog mod, whatever. Right. It's fucking 2020. Why the hell do I got to go anywhere? 
right now I can take 10 elementary school girls in a village in Africa and I can pair them up with an English speaking teacher in San Antonio, Texas for three months. They're never going to meet. They're never going to shake hands, but what they need them to do can be passed. Oh, why haven't we done that as a career field? Why haven't we created, why haven't we created a training program? And I'm, this is all rhetorical. Why haven't we focused on creating a training program and taking as much of the human aspect out of it? Why do I have to hope that a, that a Chris Clark exists at the base that I'm going to go to? Why do I have to hope that a Bracely exists at the base I'm going to go to? What if I had a system in place that regardless of where I was at, if I'm a first-term airman coming out and my first base is Goodfellow or my first base is Kadena, every single person has access to the same training, the same information, but most importantly is being taught by somebody that is trained. Ready on the teach. line? Why Ready on the line. Because right now what you're saying is too much like common sense. You mean to tell me you want to standardize train it across our career field and put it at every base and make it work for every base? That's what I just heard. You want to standardize or you want to standardize how base A, B, C, and D all get out the door. I love it. Love it. Negative. Negative. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about at the end of the day, every single item on our CFETP regardless of what base we're at, is accomplished fundamentally the same. I'm not trying to say no, no, no. that every when, base will oh, be plan and deploy don't, don't, don't or plan and execute like Get out the door deploy. I'm saying getting out the door as far as the training requirement. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. This okay. is what I need you to get up and be able to get out and accomplish the mission. My bad. Well, <laughs> no, that's fine. And, here's, and so here, I'll add something and then I'll shut up here. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to get fired. Um, so, I will... T- <laughs> We already, bro. We already. Uh, no, I know. Well, he can't fire me until I get back. So, um, so here's what I will say: our career field leaders, and it's I'm not just talking about Chief Griffith. I'm talking about all of our leaders. Are taking a look at potentially what would happen if rather than have base A, B, C, and D all create their own, let's just say, UDN training program or support agreements training program, or WRM, or whatever. Rather than have people try to learn the information and then build what the hell of a proper training should look like, what if we provided that hey man, force? That's the same conversation I what heard if when, when I was race, over at USAID yeah. in A4. So, when I went to Little Rock, hey, I'm hearing it again. Hey, no, no, no. <laughs> so what do you think? Okay, I'm Gonzo, let me ask you this question. I'm, I'm, and I'm not even picking on you, man, because you you, say, you sound so young in this. You do. I'm going to tell you, what do you think we do when we go to base X? From When we leave base X and go to base X. Chris even tell you, when I got to California, Chris, what was the first thing I did? Pick the phone up and call who? <laughs> what did I say? I said, hey, dude, I need you. Yeah. You know, this, hey, this is... This is uh, Mass Sergeant talking to a, this tech sergeant called Mass Sergeant. Because Chris was a Mass Sergeant. I was say, hey, bro, what's <laughs> up? I need you. And and I hadn't even met Chris yet. I ain't never met Chris yeah. personally. Hey, I need you. I didn't I didn't have I I, I didn't have like for me, I'm humble enough to pick the phone up a call. And to be honest with you, and this is for anybody listening, I don't care if you say 
bracelet on, didn't know how to do X, Y, and Z. I don't care. If guess what? When you teach me how to do it and you give me the information, I'm probably gonna be more dangerous than you were when you had the information. <laughs> but the thing is just I, I know how to identify weak so, points and reach out. That's what we that's what we always do. We always reach out. Right. Got you. Got you. What I'm saying is in 2020, you right. shouldn't have to be put in that situation. You should be PCSing from wherever you should be PCSing from Kadena Air Base over to Offutt Air Force Base as the superintendent, right? And rolling in, and you're not having to worry about whether or not they have a solid training program. And that goes for internal to the logistics planners and then for the different functional areas mm-hmm. that were responsible for training others at the wing. You should only have okay. to learn how I mean, it applies I, I, there. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I, I wholeheartedly agree because you know what that does? It saves the hard work and airmen. From Mass Sergeant Snuffy, who just cross trained, who really don't care about the job, just trying to get his file so he can sit back and sip on his coffee and rub his belly. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. So, so th- those airmen at Offit may not be lucky enough to have a Chris Clark. But what if we made it to where it didn't matter whether Love Chris it. Clark was there or not? They have access to the same information and abilities, and all you got to do is roll in there yeah. and figure out how it applies there. Right. So. So can we get there? And I will tell you that our senior leaders are looking at that. Nothing's in execution, but um, but I'll take a line. For, <laughs> no, I'm not even gonna say shit. Um, I will just tell you that it's <laughs> that they're working towards it. And me personally, in the position no. that I'm privileged enough to fill right now, that's what I want to get to. You know, it, it's it, yeah. And I think we could get there. And I think we have the right people, higher ranking than all of us on this line right now that are looking at us and they're willing to take care and of us and put up. us in that position. We've talked a lot about work. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, a lot. Hey, I tell you what, man, I don't know about you, Bracely. I am so glad that we had our first guest on here. And I'm really glad that it was Clark, man. This is amazing yeah, it is, dialogue definitely. right here. So I, I, do, I do got one question for Christo. What you got? How do you balance, um, how do you balance work and family time. Uh, I will take this from the great uh, 2G chief, Mike Morgan. At work, I'm Sergeant Clark. At home, I'm Daddy and Chris. <laughs> at work, I'm Sergeant Clark. And at home, I'm Daddy and Chris. I've learned, it took me a while, don't get me wrong, because of the passion I have for my job, like I like to be the best at whatever I put my hands on, period, point blank. And with that, I have to be able to blend that over in the home. When I'm home, I got to be that husband, that father. I got to turn work off. And it took me a while to get to it. And every now and then, I still blur lines. However, my balance has come, comes as soon as I come through this door and I hear the first word, Daddy! I've got to shut off work. I don't think about work at all when I'm at home. Unless I get a phone call or inbox or text message from somebody. Right. Knock that out and I keep it moving. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got certain. I got certain things, man. It, it, at one point, it was so bad that well, I wouldn't even bring my uniform home. I would put it on at work, take it off at work, drop it off in the cleaners. <laughs> I've got to figure out some way to turn off that yeah. dang on switch. What about you guys, though? Man, that's weak, man. I, I'm sorry. Like family, <laughs> I got rid of a family, so I can focus <laughs> on ten four three, man. This, uh, Hey, bro, that's dedication right there. <laughs> hey, man, it was, hey, it was, it, it was family shit for Obama. Is what I'm talking about. Um, 
Yeah. Hey, look, you you really haven't dedicated yourself to this career field till you got a, a the our our no, badge tattooed on your body. You guys got that tattoo? I got it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, well, do. do you really? All right, hey, I'm gonna hey, I'm gonna post no, no judgment, but it's not gonna happen. Page. <laughs> yep. Hey, I, I, hey, when I'm done with this, I'm done. I'm telling you right now. Hey, man. There are days. There are days I want to. I, I literally want to punch somebody. Bro, it, it's, hey, it's I, hey, man. I had those days too, baby. Especially working with all these old retired dudes over here. Got a contract this now. And, Trust me. And and it's like it's like I love what we do so much, and 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 I feel like we. I, I feel like we could be. We could be great. Well, we are great at what we do, but I feel like we should be respected more. And I take a little bit more passion behind it. And again, I'm I'm trying to learn that emotional intelligence. I really am. I, I, I really am. I, can Can I offer you something? What's that? You gotta learn how to be passionate, but not emotional. That's hey, that's what I'm trying to learn my emotion. I'm trying to I'm trying to get better with my emotional intelligence. I'm, I'm reading books. I, well, not reading. I listen because I hate reading. So um, I got I, I got audio books for days, and uh, I listen to them joints all the time. I got notes. I oh, that's what I need to be working on. You know. And Bracely, uh, I'll offer this, man. Maybe what you and Clark bring to the table is exactly what we need in 2020. Maybe not dialing it down. Maybe not trying to conform to whatever it is the Air Force needs us to do. Maybe this is what the family needs. And maybe that's what existed back in 2005 that doesn't exist today. So by you guys sharing your information, sharing your thoughts, sharing your ideas and stuff that you bring to the table on this podcast, I mean, you're going to have other people that maybe they felt like that, but they didn't know if there was anybody else out there who existed that felt the same way, right? So I would say, yeah, (laughs) I'm the same way. I get a little emotional sometimes, but don't lose that fire because it's people like you and all of us here and our senior leaders, yeah. we're here right now. We're here for the next few years. What the hell can, what the hell can we get done in those next few years that are going to make the lives of the people, um, yeah. you know, the coming up easier? And that's why we're here to do. At the end of the day, that's why we're <laughs> hey, so, so William, so shout out to William Little. Um, he just inboxed me while we were on. He, I, I don't even know how he knew it was on, but he just inboxed me. And this is a quick question. You guys get your answer. Um, William Little just asked, should logistics plans, this is a funny question because we always had this question, discussion. Should logistics plans work in D-Flight or Wing Staff Agency? And, and I'm going to go first by saying it doesn't matter where we work. And we kind of hit on this so many different ways during the discussion. It doesn't matter where we work. We got to ensure that we make ensure that we make ourselves relevant. And I'm going to still clock thunder. Um, we got we to gotta build our personal relationship skills. We got to build our personal interpersonal relationship skills uh, because, you know, why, why wait till we deploy to be that, that ultimate middleman is, is what Chris said, and instead of being that ultimate middleman for day, for day one. So no, it doesn't matter where we work. Uh, we can work at the WSA and we'll get trumped by IG and, uh, and, and finance all alone. So it doesn't matter where we work. It's just, we got to figure out how to, how to, you know, circumvent the the BS for the lack of better words and utilize and make it benefit us to, to you know, for our purposes. Uh, me personally, uh, I want to clean up that whole middleman statement too. Yeah. Me personally, I don't, 
I don't think where we work is really a factor. Uh, in essence, whether it be wing plans or D flight, I would rather be an LRS myself because I got front page access to those senior CEOs that are working in those different flights that bring the mobility machine and get it going. That's just me. Um, if I can get the vehicle ops dudes, the TMO guys, and the air transportation guys all on the same shit of music as me, because uh, don't get it mistaken, this my shit. I'm running it. I'm just making sure y'all got a piece of the pie. <laughs> that is it. When I say middleman, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna come over there and try to work that relationship to get to 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 actually get you to see what I'm trying to see the whole picture instead of just your little pipeline vision. So yeah, I'm middleman, but I'm also the one that's gonna be like, hey, I need this, 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 this. Come on with it. Um, if you're in ex- if you're in wing plans, what you got one less step you got to get to the commander. Yeah. However, if you create that interrelation, that interpersonal relationship with you, your D flight uh, dude, and even you can remove him, go straight to the dang on boss, the LRS commander and the MSG commander, you got to battle one. I'm going back. Like I said, my last wing level thing is back at Little Rock. At Little Rock, man, I had the D flight uh, confidence in me. My flight, uh, D flight confidence, my squadron commander confidence in me, and also the MSG commander. Anything that me and Mr. Lamb walked up and said, hey, this is what we need, and this is how we can get it to get done, nine times out of ten, we got the yes answer. A couple of times we got pushbacks, but it was it was warranted. You know what I mean? Had to map it out a little bit more. Yeah, but, 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 if, but you lose, you choose, you know, you choose when to win and when to lose, too. True. Everything ain't going to be a win. Nope. I ain't winning everything in Little Rock. I'm going to hit to tell you that now. I had to take a couple of L's, a, a couple of <laughs> little uh, hand slaps. But at the same time, I was willing to put myself out there because at the end of the day, it's about taking care of my folks and also making sure that the, the time of the airman that's going through that process, man, is not wasted on frivolous bullshit. I don't need 20, 30 minutes just to tell me, for me to tell you my name. You know what I mean? So common sense factor for me usually fails. <clears throat> Good stuff. So, hey, let's go to make it the trifecta for yeah. the answer of it doesn't matter where you sit at. I'm going to channel, uh, use, steal a line from my former uh, boss and former CFM, Lauren Owens, right? So let's just say that Chief Master Sergeant Griffith, our CFM, were to come down today and say, next Monday, everybody report to the Wing Plans office. If you and your team were uh, irrelevant this Friday, you're going to exactly. be irrelevant next Monday. But not only are you irrelevant, but now you're irrelevant in front of the number one person <laughs> on that day. <laughs> right? Two. I'll offer this. Right now, and this is again from, from former our Chief Master Sergeant Retired Lorne Owens. Right now, sitting in the LRS, we sit underneath the number one logistician on that base. That's mm-hmm. that LRS commander. Right? We move us anywhere else in that base, especially if we move up to the wing staff. Who are we working for on the wing staff? Who's going to be in that XP office? Is it going to be a logistician? Or what are they? Uh, what, what uniform are they when they come a in? Zipper, a zipper suit. <laughs> <laughs> a, a zoot suit? They probably wear a suit. And before they wore a suit, they probably wore what? A flight suit. Yep. Right? So now, what do you think happens, A, for, the, for these soon-to-be senior NCOs who are competing? What, what's up with those strats? What may or may not happen when you're a logistician new to that office and you're competing with the, all the other folks, those flyers, IG, those who are also getting pulled up there? Yeah. Well, not even on a promotion look, man, even operational-wise. 
Now you listen to old stick jock to try to tell you how logistics supposed to move. <laughs> yeah. So hey man, at the uh, so I guess long. Uh, I'll keep this short winded. At the end of the day, rather than focus on where the hell we sit at, why shouldn't don't focus on that. Focus on what I can do or what we can do as a family to make our product stronger and put there us in go. a better position right. to sell it. Hey, hey, and little man, we, we weren't picking up, man. What, what we were doing, we were just giving our take, man. It's from from a from a from a more of a, a marketing standpoint to kind of put energy back into it. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a shot at you. It was just basically to the to the community. Hey, we need to probably put this. Put, put hey man, question. You, y'all probably wasn't talking a little. I was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Last, last, last question. Last question. <laughs> And I'm not gonna answer this question. Y'all answer it. What do we do? And, I, and Chris could really answer this question because I've seen what, what what work he did at Little Rock. How do we get our airmen recognized better than how we have in the past? Um. All right. I answer that. Uh, you doing right. right? You doing right? Because you you hey you 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 got you got the most wood coming. Coming out of uh, nah. Paul's, but you got the most wood coming out of out of conversation out of all of us. No, no doubt. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't me. Oh, yeah. It was my folks. Only thing is, so I'll tell you this, and this comes from Chief Santiago riding me, uh, Chief Coop, uh, even old Chief Hodge, Chief Demotts, uh, who else? Chief Morgan. When it comes to writing, and then it's a whole many other ones that's in there in the mix in there. When it comes to writing, you got to learn how to use simple words to show a big impact. Simple. When I say simple, I don't need the whole extravagant word when it could be just be or done or ran or worked. <laughs> You've got to learn how to write in a universal <laughs> language to where Joe Smoke can pick up that package and understand what you did, how you did it, and why did they care right. you did it. That's the only way I know. And then actually being willing to say, you know what? Maybe this quarter ain't your quarter, brother. I need you to pick it up. <laughs> I'm just saying, oh, y'all see the quarterly packages, man, oh. that we put, we rushed to put together, and it's really nothing in there. And you expect it to win when you know good and hell well they ain't going to make it past your own flight. Come on. <laughs> Learn how to write. Oh, one, show that big impact, two, and then three, make sure it's actually something as valuable asset to either the mission there or Air Force wide. Simple. Actual result impact. But you got will you gotta do it. Actually impact and result. I I mean I hate that. I ain't gonna lie, y'all. That is a damn (laughs) thing to me. Action impact result. That's what action result impact. Yeah. That's it. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. So, all right. What else do we got? No, I mean, he, he asked some questions. I mean, yeah. It, to be, I he mean, got it. yeah. And you I just even better. go to the to to the length of, of what it is is be more strategic about what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Just because you put a package in, don't mean you deserve to win. Be strategic about it. And and then for the for the for me, uh, because I I personally experienced it. Yo, supervisors. Take care, like supervisors. Look at your people. If your people putting in the work, take care of them. But the second thing is, is you got to learn how to, you need to take it upon yourself to learn 
how to take care of it. And the other thing is, is one thing I would say is, I think just based off of looking at the Facebook page on, on Law Plans, I think that we're probably doing, doing a pretty decent job on recognition. I think what we need to do is, I know Brittany Linhart tried to get some started on the My Vector page. Uh, we probably need to pick it back up, which is we all we all need to start discussing writing with each other. I just send all my packages to Chris, all of them, uh, and then I, I start diving into other 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 career fields. But we, but us as law planners, we need to reach out and help each and start assisting with each other with writing because some of us, uh, some of us have. Have been, have been privileged to sit around a bunch of people and they kind of kind of gave us the formula and the science behind writing. And I'm telling you right now, I can't put it out. I can't put it out there because it's not official. I'm telling you right now, writing, writing is going to be more important over the next two years than you think. And I can't say, I can't say why, but I'm just letting you know. Look at you, man. I dare you try. Uh, challenge anybody to be a mentor. I dare you. Hey. What I mean by that is, it ain't just me you sent it to. It was it was a little triad of us, and the same thing. Um, I would recommend to everybody that can hear this. <laughs> What's the preacher say? Everybody understand in my voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your neighbor say neighbor. Neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for real, man. I, I've got a group of guys, man, from Senior Master Sergeant Bill to Chief Wilco, Chief Santiago, Sergeant Bracely. Uh, even when Veronica was still in her, it's a lot of people that I send my stuff out to. I'm like, hey, look this over and tell me what you think. You know what I'm saying? Not not one person has the key for everything, but I've learned that multiple eyes have different, uh, what, what would we say? They all look at it differently and can add more meat to whatever I put out there. Yeah. And that's helped me along the way. Even when it comes to quarterly packages, annual packages, group packages, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever I'm doing, team awards, I always have somebody else look it over. And then especially people outside the career field. Yeah. If they can understand it, I'm winning. Yes. So let me ask you guys this. Uh, if, if somebody were wanted to read out, uh, each out to both of you, how would they do that? And would you guys be always. willing to share oh, that? Email me. Yeah, hands down. You can send me what you want to send me. So where would they? Even... So where would they find you, Clark? You got a you got a kind of a common name. All right. right. So I am Christopher Clark twenty six at us af mil. Yes, I'm the twenty sixth person to have that email in the Air Force, and it's worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at PACAV a three. Email me. You can shoot me a Facebook note if you can't remember that, and I'll give you my government email. Hit me up at any given time. So I'm what about the only Bracely. Actually, I'm not the only Bracely on the global, but I'm the only Bracely in the Air Force. I'm not Brackley. No disrespect to you, Brackley. I know you're out there in Okinawa. And I'm not Bracey. <laughs> I know we got a Bracey in the career field somewhere. I'm Bracely, B-R-A-C-E-L-Y. And I'm the loudest dude you know. So uh, actually, Brittany Gaskill <laughs> has taken that crown as far as being the loudest lobby. So but you can hit me up, kenna.bracely at uh, us.af.mil. Uh, you shoot it to me. I take my time to look at it. And to be honest with you, me looking at reviewing EPRs helps me get creative for my EPR. So I, I love doing that. So uh, nice. you guys nice. go ahead. You can send it to me. I really don't care. 
uh, because I, I love seeing Lawless win. I don't care what rank you are. Hell yeah, man. That's what it's about. And I'll tell you what, Brayson, one of the things that we should ask, especially when we get our first chief for one of our guests, is how many of them, how many of the current chiefs grew up with each other, were stationed at the same bases, and did what it is that you two are offering for uh, our family to do right now? I'm, I'm guessing it's probably going to be all of them. I know my boss do close. it. Uh, I know one of my previous bosses did it. Matter of fact, two of my previous bosses did it. Uh, Morgan Demotts. And then I know for a fact uh, Coop does it. He had his own little mental email he was sending out to uh, ACC. He does. And then Santiago do it too. He's going to cut you out first, but he'll do it. Yo, B. That's the deck with that, with that New York list. Yo, B. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean son. What, what the fuck you mean you want me to look this over? <laughs> <laughs> I, I send it to me. Dude. Oh me. man, I, I'll shoot it back to you. <laughs> but I, I, <laughs> I actually good, be willing to go on the limb, man. That says if not all, most of the chiefs that we have, yeah. especially uh, Chief Whipple, yeah, she'll look over your stuff yeah. too, man. They'll take time to actually give oh, that time that. back. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Damn, this was a good podcast. Hey, again, no, you got anything else, Bryson? Are we I'm ready good. to shut hey, down? We, we can do this as long as we want. I'm cool. I'm, I'm good. I, I just. I just know I was glad to have Clark on, you know, uh, man. Yeah, you and me both, man. Amazing, amazing first guest. Man, the first guest on this podcast, who knows? I mean, we someday we might get sponsorships. I don't know, man. I get on it. We might get, who else? Microsoft. I don't know, man. We could talk to Jeff Bezos, see what he's That's doing. That's what I'm talking about. But man. this is amazing. Yeah, this is amazing, man. I mean, Bracely's the marketing guy, marketing right? Marketing. So, Bracely, you need to find us some sponsors, man. Hey, man. I'll, I'll tell y'all this, man. I appreciate y'all uh, inviting me out. Uh, the bar has been set pretty low, so those behind me are easy no, to do what you do. I appreciate it, man. Any given time y'all need anything, man, hit me up. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time, man. Hey, work on that handicap. I'll tell you right now, the last time I hit six was at Top Golf while I was here. I left my sticks at home, and I got into fishing the last few years, and been focusing on that for a hobby. Nah, man, you better pick them sticks back up. That is that is my hobby right now. Think about this. There's a couple <laughs> reasons why I love golf. One is legal to drink and drive, and two, you get to hit something and not get in trouble for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how far are you hitting them off the? So let me ask you this. I don't want to. I don't care about the driver. How far are you hitting your uh, eight iron right now? My eight iron. For, are you down? My eight irons are Go good. Seven is one eighty. My eight irons are good. One sixty five, one seventy. That's a solid eight iron. You choking down that eight iron? Yeah, my nine iron is um between one. I can choke it down and get it to one forty five to about one fifty. And I'm just doing seventy five. That's what we're gonna call it. Yeah. <laughs> my driver now, man. I've actually, I went and got me one lesson. I've been golfing now a little bit over six years. I got, I got one lesson, and finally figured out how to hit the damn woods a lot better. So I hadn't got what, a full uh, swing, but half a swing. I'm getting my goal right now is just the consistent 250. I'm cool with that. No, oh, that, that's money, man. 250 right hey, in the middle of the no, 225 to 250, and then that's after it hits the ground and rolls out. I ain't talking about carry distance. <laughs> <laughs> Are you heading a, a nine and a half or what degree? No, I, I, uh, I got a nine and a half, a Titleist CS2. Ooh, 
big boy game. Look at that. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, look, I don't know what neither one of y'all talking about. So I'm just over taking Googling everything y'all say. Hey man, you better do it. And if you're gonna do it, get you some actual get fitted to your clubs. So I got the oh, Mizuno oh, yeah. nine one nine hot metal. I'm I'm left handed and don't even and, and and still and don't even know and, and don't even know uh which which side of the club I, I can I can swing to the I can swing with a right hand club and a left hand club. I just need to figure out and in this well, no, you couldn't. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, man, I'll tell you, man, it's, it's you'll meet, you'll be amazed at the people you meet out on the golf course, the relationships you'll uh, actually create and yep. build out there. Golf, man, is a great lesson. I mean, it is a great life lesson. I'm telling it's you. Humbling. It's yeah, humbling. Yeah, very humbling. You don't matter how big you are, how small you are, how skinny you are, how round you are, it's all in actual, um, not in strength, really, uh, a little bit, but it's all in form. Form this technique yeah. it's all technique all form i'll tell you i'll tell you what bracely especially you man i mean i know you're uh, going to be doing your graduate degree you're going to be focusing on business right building those relationships a lot of those relationships are built on that golf course man you go out there you meet new people invite people out for like a foursome it's fun man golf is fun very humbling it's uh it's one of those things that you'll play your whole life and you'll never master yep the art of golf that's you in the course man no matter how many people yeah. out there it's you in the course yeah and I need I need to oh, figure yeah. out I need to I need to get a uh, golfing buddy, um, and, and get on. Um, man, I got somebody there, out there in San Antonio for you. Man, I ain't, look, way. man, my my days are counted in San Antonio. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get for getting promoted, man. Look, yeah, <laughs> right now, man. I'm, I'm, I'm I may burn I'm, I may burn the rest of the Golden Golden Gate Bridge if I had that conversation. With you. <laughs> and on that Jeez, note, people, man. we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. And um, yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Well, thanks again. Hey, thanks, Bracely, for being on here at Coast. As always, man. Thank you so much, Clark. This was an amazing first freaking uh, guest episode, man. Yeah, Bracely's people right. are gonna love it. I guarantee people are gonna love it. And hey, just real quick, shout out to Bracely. I've had people reach out to me uh that are stationed here at mcdill who are saying hey what can you tell me about Bracey? i've heard nothing but good things about him when's he gonna get there and so there's people already just chomping at the bit bracelet to get you in there so you can mentor them you can help them out and share all the ideas that you've been sharing for the uh, first two episodes man. definitely yeah man oh no. you're gonna see oh yeah you're gonna see <laughs> oh no and and a gentleman never kisses and tells so uh, all right guys Visual food. Hey, by the way, I got my itinerary today, man. I I um uh, I landed two thirty on the sixteenth. So, uh, just just um, nice. uh, I guess I guess nice. Timmy will ever act as if I'm coming to the base. I just jump jump out the plane, get in the run, and come straight to you. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely stay in contact, man. We'll get you in. And so, hey, FYI, I heard that right now for this whole COVID thing, non-essential in the city is through the end of April. So. It's hopefully not too much longer than that, but sad news is I'm not going to be able to get the rest of my tattoo done, man. But anyways, first world problems. But hey, uh, thank you guys again. Thank you, Clark, for being our first guest. And uh, you guys don't have anything else, man. Everybody out there, you guys stay safe. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Please listen, share it, uh, do as much as you can. If you ain't doing nothing in the office, play it for everybody in the office, man. It's good stuff. So thank you guys. Hey, both you guys stay safe and uh, take right, care. Later.